knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered you from the domain of darkness and transferred you, or us, to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. If you would just bow with me. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask for you to give us uh, hearts to understand, joy to, to bask in today. And Lord, we just ask for our hands and our, our mouths and our lives to bring honor to you. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. I don't know. I may have. Is that different than where? Hold on a second. Is that? I can't tell whether it's. Is that normal? No. Okay. Is that normal? Sorry. I had a little bit. I hit some button earlier, and I was like, "Hmm, I'm not sure how this is going to turn out." Okay. So uh, today we're going to look at Colossians chapter one, and one of the things uh, that you do is, you know, if you've read a lot of. Uh, prayers in the Bible. Uh, you, there's all types of prayers for different occasions. One of the Paul, one of the things Paul does often in his prayers uh, that's really helpful is uh, he he gives us not only a model, but there's always like he gives thanks to God. God's the object of uh, the thanksgiving, and uh, it's almost like a celebration of God for what He has done, and that's uh, truly important. And it's, it's really valuable for us to consider that. Because when we think about, I don't know, our families or somebody meaningful in our families or somebody that's done something uh, specifically for maybe your family during the holiday season, uh, uh, you think sometimes you want to be like, well, that person, that person's the one that we need to thank. But you find him doing over and over, even when he sees wonderful things in people's lives, he is thanking God for what he has done because he sees God as the one that is like guiding and strengthening and powering and, and doing all of those things. And so uh, as you celebrate Thanksgiving, I think it is important to say, when you stop and say thanks, you really are saying, to who? Who are we thanking? And, and I think I have to go back and remind myself of that uh, regularly. So how would you define thankfulness as we're thinking about Thanksgiving and those kind of things? Um, you could think of it a lot of different ways. Uh, one might be, expressing gratitude like that's a huge deal just I, I'm uh, constantly trying to and I forget and I forget to do this myself and maybe I focus more on my kids than uh, them doing it than I even do it personally but if someone does anything for them I'm trying to say go tell them thank you the end of a practice a coach go tell them thank you today if somebody uh, had for instance, a lot of people made food, so you couldn't really thank the whole group. But had I thought of it, I would be like, I know that um, that Karen had, I texted Karen like a week ago or whatever, just said, you got this? She said, I got it. Had I thought of it, I'd say, go tell Miss Karen, thank you. It's a, it's a world filled with people, instead of being entitled, you want to create a world where they are being, they're thankful. They're, they're people, they're, their natural response to, to life is gratitude. And so you're thanking individuals, but then you want them to be able to see beyond that to God. That is the one that 
provides all things. You know, you don't want to be the person they look to and say, oh, Dad, you're the savior of our family. That would be, you might if you're a narcissist, you know, but hopefully nobody's in that category that you want to be the, you know, chief end of their life, you know. But I think it's just important that you're constantly trying to remind yourself to express gratitude. And it's a big, it actually is a big deal among secular people right now, people that are not necessarily Christian, that they, they, they have journals built around just gratitude type things. It, it's probably, it, it actually kind of shocks me, it's probably more prevalent among secular people than it is sometimes what I see with Christian people, which is frightening. I mean, that, that's a frightening thing, because why would they be, they, now they may not, the object of their gratitude may not be properly focused, but having gratitude is extremely important. There are two Greek words when you think about the idea of being thankful, and you're thinking about that, um, that, that are used. You could have the root word would be grace, and the uh, other would be confess. So it's like to confess grace. It's confessing, it's acknowledging God's grace. It's also a sign of faith in your life. Gratitude is a sign that you believe in a providential God who is watching over you. So you kind of might say, like, I want to like embody thankfulness all of the time. And you just want to consider, like, what is the object? And you're thinking about that. And then you might even ask yourself, like, why should someone be thankful? Um we know, one, that it honors God. That's what 2 Corinthians 4.15 says. <clears throat> you increase in thanksgiving to the glory of God. Another thing is, Scripture commands it. Uh, in my family, someone in my family this week, their devotion was tied to Psalm 100. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. It's, it's, a, it's a command to be thankful to God. First uh, Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. So some of you might say, well, there's some things I can't be thankful for. You know? But he says, do so in all circumstances. I mean, that, sometimes you have to see that and understand that, and, and you have to, to move towards thanksgiving and, and speak words of thanksgiving to yourself trusting that it is God who is watching over your life. Another thing just to think about is the dangerous consequences of not being thankful. What happens when somebody's not thankful? If you look at Romans 1, it says, For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks. They became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. People that lack a thankful heart are fools. They're moving towards greater foolishness. People that are not expressing gratitude to God, it is a sign that you are not acknowledging Him. And to reject Him is the greatest thing that you could do as far as moving towards foolishness. So as you think about, I think it's just important, just thinking about all those things. Um, 
we are just saying like this morning, I guess you could say, we're saying like, let's strive towards that. Let's strive towards thankfulness. One last little thing to think about. Thanklessness promotes pettiness and occupation with self, people, and problems. That in turn creates depression and feelings of hopelessness because we become focused on the problems rather than on the Lord. If you have somebody that's constantly jabbering away about all the problems and complaining, all that kind of stuff, it's, it's really, it's a faith issue. It, it's, it's a, they're not, they don't see God as more important or higher than their problem. And it could be the most like minute thing. You know, and you're just like, what, what are we doing here? They have lost sight of God. How do you keep your sights on God? Regular thanksgiving. Regular reflection of what He has done for you. So, we are in Colossians chapter 1, verses 12-14, through 14, and today we're just saying, you know, we kind of look at this broad scope of being thankful, but... Paul's going to take us into his spiritual blessings. Now, here's the thing. You might say, well, are earthly blessings not important? Or some, somebody might even say, like, well, if you're focused on earthly blessings, you're not focused on the right thing. And it's like, nah, that's not, that's not legit. Like, come on. Like, you can thank God for your family. You, you, sh- you should have gratitude in your heart for the things he's given you. I mean, that's what Ecclesiastes tells us that regularly. But then there's also, and, and you could say, something that is never going to change. There are eternal things in Colossians that he speaks of that are of great value for you in your life, and your spiritual life, as you seek to live to the glory of God. And so I just think it's important to say, earthly blessings are of value, but far greater are these eternal blessings, these spiritual blessings. And so that's what we're looking at today. They're, they're kind of the marks of truly being born again. And so you really the goal is that you would walk in a manner worthy of God. That's what Colossians 1, 9-14 is about. And what that looks like is you're bearing fruit, you're increasing in the knowledge of God, you're strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, and you're giving thanks to the Father. And we're focused on giving thanks. And that's where we'll be today. So... I just You kind of have to think about that as we're moving forward. Now, I want you to think about what are the things that we can say I am thankful for with regard to my Heavenly Father. Paul's going to give us a few. Here's the, well, I'll just read them to you, just let you see them. And, and you're going to see the first one's going to be qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, delivered us from the domain of darkness, number two. Number three, transferred into the, us into the kingdom of His beloved Son, and number four, we have redemption through the forgiveness of sin. So you've got to think in terms of we are to be thankful. Thankfulness produces good things in our life because we're seeing God, we're trusting Him. There are all kinds of things to be thankful for. Paul's going to zoom in on these eternal spiritual things that the Father has given to us that we can rejoice in. And so we want to do that today. So we'll start. And just say, verse 12, giving thanks to the Father. Why is there always this emphasis on the Father? Uh, As far as with regard to thanking Him, uh, prayer, Jesus taught us to pray to the Father. 
th- those things, I think we have to say that the Father is the architect of the plan. This plan of redemption, the Father is the architect of it. He created it, and the Son, in light of what the Father uh, is, directs Him to do, he, he does exactly as the Father would have Him do. And so there's a, an authority submission structure within the Godhead, and what we see here is this emphasis on the Father where we see Him as the one who has cre- created this plan for us. So, again, if you're thinking about this and you're looking at it, we say, we give thanks, and then we say, for what? And we say, we give thanks because of our inheritance. What is that? Look at, look at this real quick. Let's think about that real quick. He, we're thanking God for this, that, that he has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. When you think about being qualified, some of you have a job where you have to take, um, you've had to take some kind of like test to prove that you are capable it may have been a written test, a written and verbal test, but it's saying like, hey, he's qualified or she's qualified. Uh, some of you that are younger here may have like tried out for a team and they're looking at you and they're trying to figure out, are they qualified to play? Some of you have other kinds of qualifications you might think of, but it's just important to say to be qualified means that you are like sufficient for whatever it might be you know you're you're capable and so you're made fit you could say in a way i mean you're deserving of it you know and so you might say okay well let's think about this real quick do i deserve to be in relationship with god do i deserve to be eternally with god well some of you might hear might say oh yes oh yes i'll deserve it I'll deserve it. If I'm weighed in the balance at the end and I deserve it, then he'll give it to me. Really? Is that what the Scripture teaches? Well, it says here, thank the Father, not yourself, that he has qualified you. That he has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. It's just, what he, how does he do that? You kind of have to stop and think, what, it, what would it require for God to qualify sinful people to possess a relationship with him eternally? What does it take to do that? We are totally inadequate for that, but through Christ we've been given the resources needed to be qualified. The, the, the person and work of Christ qualifies us. When Jesus says, it is finished, and when Jesus was raised from the dead, the Father shows that He approves of Him so that He comes forth from the grave, defeating sin and death and hell and all those things, and making it possible for us to be qualified for the inheritance. You do not get you do not somehow make yourself qualified to experience the inheritance that is for those who have been brought out of darkness into light. Not only that, it is a present reality here. He is saying presently, not in the future when I get done with you, 
you are presently qualified to share in the inheritance. Presently. So you're not awaiting being able to be qualified. He is saying, and if you don't believe, if you struggle with that, it's like the Father has qualified you to experience the inheritance of the saints in light. You have been brought in. You are in the family. That's what he's saying. If you are a Christian, you're in the family. You have an inheritance, the Scripture says, that is imperishable, unfading, undefiled, that's kept in heaven for you. And that, that reserve in heaven that's already in, you already experienced, if the Spirit has worked in you, you've already experienced the first fruits of that inheritance. You are qualified. Some of us spend our whole lives trying to be qualified in whatever capacity. You worked really hard to be qualified. And the deal is, and some of you are working really hard to be qualified in your family. And you'll spend your whole life trying to make mommy or daddy love you and treat you with, with dignity and to, to look at you and be proud of what you've done. And you want to say, that's insane. You can't do that. Because your mommy and daddy might be really foolish. And all you're going to do is spend your life trying to get their approval. The Father of heaven and earth, He said, I'm going to qualify those children of mine whom I have chosen from before the foundation of the world. I'm going to qualify them by sending My own Son to live for them and to die for them. I mean, that's, that's shocking. That's grace that's amazing. That, is, that should move thankfulness in your heart. That, that should transform your life. That should transform the way you interact with your wife or husband. That should transform the way that you interact with your children. That should transform the way that you interact with your brothers and sisters here. That should transform the way you interact with your patients or your customers or whoever. Because you're, what you're saying is, is God has shown such mercy to me that I am so thankful that He has made me capable of experiencing in eternal inheritance with Him. That's shocking. So he says, give thanks for your inheritance. The second, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. Again, these are not things that you do. These are not things that you and I do. We don't deliver ourselves from the domain of darkness. We can't get out of darkness. We are born in darkness. The Scripture says we are born blind. The Scripture says we're born deaf. The Scripture says we're born down dead in the bottom of the sea. We don't come out of darkness. We have to be brought out of darkness. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. Deliver has the idea of being rescued. Darkness is symbolic of ignorance and falsehood and sin and Satan. 
Domain communicates power and authority. It is almost like something has taken you down into the, we talk about it this way sometimes, like down into a lake and wrapped its arms around you. And it's stronger than you. You don't even know to fight. Because in a way, it's, you're in a state of death. You are asleep. Your, your soul's asleep. You're, you're like choked down. It's held you down and you don't even know it's holding you down. You're a dead man walking. But the Father has delivered us from that domain. That world. He's rescued us from that world. Paul tells us the domain of Satan, the prince of the power of the air, his control over us. We are delivered from that. The present evil age, this present darkness that is all around us and we don't even know that it has us down. We don't even know that it's taken our life. He says it is he has brought us to life. We have to understand this reality so that we are when we are tempted or fear this present age. If you spend your life looking at this present age and like fearful. And you just allow yourself to be inundated by fear and worry and anxiety. It is in part because you don't believe this. That he has delivered you from the domain of darkness. He, it is in part because you somehow have allowed yourself to believe the bullies. And the voices. And the people that use fear to like keep you down. They're, they're, they're suffocating the life out of you. They're suffocating kingdom thoughts out of you. They are suffocating you being able to actually do something for the good and glory of others and the glory of God. it's It's a tragedy to sit and listen to darkness so long that you can't see. You have been delivered from the domain of darkness. That's That is... Foolish, and the more time you have on your hands, the more you can fill your time with things that will not build you up in any way. In, in the light, in the truth of the light of the glorious gospel is this, that the pre- this present age has been defeated. Christ was victorious over all your enemies, all the powers, and all the, pa- all the powers that you see on earth There's powers behind the powers, and He is above all those powers. He is seated above all those powers. Why don't you spend more time thinking about that? Giving thanks because He has given us an inheritance. Giving thanks because He's delivered us from the domain of darkness. We are not, it's not doomsday. It is not doomsday. It is, we walk in victory. We walk in light. We walk in thanksgiving. We know what He's done at a great cost. So we can give thanks to God for our inheritance, our deliverance, and because of our transfer. 
and this I kind of moved into that, but look what it says. He transfers us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. And it's nothing like the kingdom of darkness. Do you know what it is? It's a kingdom filled with light. There's no darkness there. What's it like in heaven one day? Do you know what it's like? There'll be no need for a son. Why? Because the son will be there. And what will that be like? We will bask in the glory, the glory of God falling on us eternally. You have been transferred into the kingdom of His beloved Son. What is that like? That's what you have to stop and consider. And that's what you need to be thinking about. And that's what you need to meditate on. And that's what you need to consider as you reflect on all that God has done for you. If you remember, the northern kingdom of Israel was defeated by the Assyrians, and then the southern kingdom was defeated by the Babylonians. When they would take those people in, they would try to make their minds conform to the kingdom that they brought them into. Do you know that? They would re-educate them. They would teach them the language. They would teach them how to dress. They would try to teach them what they were supposed to eat. They would teach them about their history. They would do all of those things. Guess what? This church helps re-educate you. You were born in the kingdom of darkness. You were born in your trespasses and sins. You were born in an age and in a world where lying and deceiving and evil and murder and disruption and dysfunction was normal. And we say, hmm, God saved you. Now let me teach you what it's like to be saved. It's a reorientation of life. But it's true life. It's not one damned country to another one. It is one being in this darkness, this destroyed, this corrupted place, and it's moving them to something that is right and true and filled with light. To be a part of His kingdom is to come under His rule and His customs and to experience the rights and privileges of kingdom citizens. From this place, all ties to the age that we are presently in are cut away. We are brought from darkness to light. We're, we come from being in a place of without hope to hope. We get to leave the night and watch the day dawn. That's what it's like. It means that you're transferred from slavery to freedom. You're purchased back from a horrible situation to a place of privilege. Like Joseph, you go from the prison to the palace. You, went, you move from like condemnation to forgiveness. All of those things happen. And you can't, it's, it's a little bit disorienting because you don't really know. And that's why, and this is hard, 
when you deal with somebody that's like kind of still that way, which we all struggle with, people's on their worst day, they come into you, they're afraid, they're angry, they're bitter, they're chasing after you, they're attacking you, and you're like, golly, why are you acting like the kingdom of darkness? What, what, do you love that? Do you want to live there? Why are you attacking me? Because you love the darkness? Like, aren't we family? You know? But we do that. I mean, we do that, right? We struggle with that. And so it's what we're trying to do is help ourselves reorient back to what something that was old back in the old days that has been brought to life in a glorious way, God's kingdom in our lives. And so we're striving to do that. And we struggle with that. And we don't even feel good about it sometimes. We don't even know what it means. And we keep going back and we keep meditating. That's why I spend a lot of time doing that. So we give thanks because of our inheritance, because of the deliverance, because of our transfer, and finally, because of our redemption. Look at verse 14. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In Jesus, we have redemption. We have been purchased out of the slave market of sin. With the divine human mediator came down. Jesus became flesh. He lived among us and then he took on our sin and gave us his righteousness and rescued us. He rescued us. He broke all the chains. We are delivered forever. And so I think it's important just to say to someone who is, feels very guilty, I, I, I would say, you are guilty, but forgiven. That's what he, he's not thanking the Father for the potential of being forgiven. He is thanking the Father that they have been. I mean, that's important to say. You have been reconciled to a holy God not because you deserved it. You didn't earn it. He did it. He brought you into the family and He cleaned you up. He redeemed you. He rescued you. He broke all the bondage away. He clothed you in His righteousness and you're a forgiven person. So some of you today may be thinking about all types of things maybe that you're not thankful for in this present world. Some of the things that from an earthly standpoint, you might say, man, th those are pretty sad things. And, and they really may be. And I would say sometimes you, Thanksgiving is a time of mourning. You get sad about stuff. You wish some things were different, you know. But when I think about the, the it's spiritual, eternal, never changing things there's none of us here that shouldn't be thankful we should be more thankful than anyone in the whole world the people of god should give thanks because they have an inheritance a possession in this life and one to come that will never be lost because they've been delivered from the domain of darkness in this evil age because they've been transferred into the kingdom filled with light, freedom, forgiveness, and the power of God. And finally, you have been redeemed. That is, your sins have been forgiven. So as God's people, bitterness, complaining, a joyless life, are really, they shouldn't exist. We have an eternal glory, an eternal weight of all types of spiritual things that should flood our souls. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We ask for wisdom to see 
with joyful hearts to embrace the wonders of the mercy of God shown to us. We do thank the Father. He has done great things for us. We don't want to minimize that ever in our lives. It's not honorable to minimize you. So we don't want to minimize you. We don't want to minimize your work. We don't want to be thankless. We don't want to be hopeless. We want to live in light of what you have done, and we want to give you thanks for it. We ask that you would do that in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would stand with me.